We are back for episode number two of week six of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. We have the rest of the games coming at you. If you haven't already, check out episode number one for seven. I'm here with my bro, my bro, yo, my bro, yo, yo, Michael Petrop. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, Michael, you want to get started right away? Why not? Let's do it. Certainly. Uh, that was a technical difficulty. Let's try that again. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Note to self, uh, have the volume on your computer on when you play something off of it. Theme, um, theme, theme. Note to self, duly noted, Tim. All right, so let's get it started right away with... The matchup of the millennium in terms of fantasy, uh, Texans at the Chiefs. This game is set to be a fire fest um, right now. Can't wait. Right now, Vegas has no over-under on them. That's how you know it's real because they don't want anyone betting the over-under because they know it's probably going to go over whatever they put up there. Um, so, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They, they, they do have it. 55. The over is fifty five. So they Vegas is going nuts. What's the here. line? Uh minus four and a half Kansas City at home. A bit higher than I expected. Really? I thought right. it'd be like three. Houston has been on and off this year, I yeah. will say. Um so let's DC's get to this game. As well. Let's get to this game. Um Pat Mahomes, only one touchdown in the last two weeks. Hmm? Still the quarterback one each week. So that He's shows practicing you as well. The power of Pat Mahomes tweaked his angle. I was just about to mention that. But no big deal for him. Uh, let's start with Patty Mahime. Um, what do you think about him against this Texans defense that is super beatable? This week is uh, pretty simple for your Chiefs and Texans. Play them. This game has the opportunity to end 42-38. to 38. So when you get a game like that, you use your damn guys. Mahomes is my uh, QB1. Deshaun Watson is my QB2. I, I'll probably have the same. Yeah. If Tyreek Hill comes back... You gotta play him right away. Yep, I have him uh, as a as my wide receiver eight right now, assuming he's back. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, yes, he's been underwhelming, but he's my QB three this week. Let's let's start with the Chiefs. Okay, you're getting, you're getting ahead of yourself here, Mike. I mean, because it's just so simple this week for these guys, just play them. Yeah, but the Chiefs, yeah, I'll start with the wide receivers because the wide receivers are interesting right now. Sammy Watkins looks like he's gonna be out. Yeah, Sammy Watkins looks like he's gonna be out. <clears throat> Tyreek Hill looks like he's Going to be back. He practiced today. So all the guys get a little bit of a downgrade, those secondary guys. The way I see it right now, if Sammy Watkins is out, Pringle becomes an interesting flex play. Agreed. Um, I prefer Pringle to Miko Hardman. I think Demarcus Robinson is a boomer bust wide receiver three flex. I think he's going to have that Chris Conley role that you saw last year or Chris Conley had. Um where he could have a game or he could just completely disappear from the offense completely. Um, but besides that, Hill, I've, you, you slotted him right in at wide receiver eight. I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, and Pringle in the slot, also a great option. What about Travis and, Kelsey? Travis and, Kelsey has been has been super, I don't know, like disappointing, I think. I don't know. See, you, you people blow my mind. You yeah, and the because people who think Kelsey's been disappointing. It's because you draft him in the third round, man. Or second round sometimes. Late second, early third. Like you want a oh, guy. He never gonna... went in the third. You got him in the late first, early second. 
I mean, he hasn't found the end zone yet. Besides, exactly. That's disappointing. Oh, that's, he actually did find the end zone against Oakland one time. Missing that, but I mean, 10, 20, 12, 12, and nine and a half PPR. He'll pick it up. You nah, can't really 10, complain. 20, 12, 12, 9. 12, 12, 9. He's 10 half PPR fantasy points behind where he was at this point last year. And then he went off. I'm pissed off because he's on one of my teams and I'm in. I can't even believe I'm going to say this. I'm in last place in that league. He's in the patron league. I don't remember the last time I was in last place in the league. Honestly, I don't remember. It pisses me off because Travis Kelsey, I drafted I him in the you. second round. And he hasn't done shit. Just squat. He hasn't done squat. Somebody needs a good old case of relaxation there, guy. R-E-L-A-X. R-E-L-A-X. L-A-X. Travis Kelsey is still Travis Kelsey, man. But he's not scoring points. Correct. All right, at, then he's not. At this crazy clip yet. But 10, 20, 12, 12, and 9 and half PPR, you can't really be upset about. Yes, you can. No, you can't. And last week, 4 for 10 targets and reception wise you don't see that often Mahomes he was really he was dropping the ball himself. he did drop a couple but he has at least eight targets in every game th- seven receptions and three of the four at least 70 receiving yards in every single game dude he's top five in the league in receiving yards yes he has one touchdown he's only 10 points uh behind his pace that he was on last year before he went off the rest of the season so I'm not I'm not freaking out if I'm a Travis Kelsey owner dude, I, he you're, better... you're not using your uh unbiased fantasy mind you're using your infuriated last place owning team mind yeah i'm never in last place it's ridiculous can't believe it it happens i looked at my team I'm like yo this team is not a last place happens team. to the best pe- to the best of us tim well doesn't happen to me so i'm pissed um one thing that i would love to see in this game and i think is the most intriguing part of this game is how the backfield is going to play out because last week you saw the return of damian williams we mentioned this offseason that andy reed does not like to use running backs by committee. But when LaShawn McCoy first signed, it was basically a running back by committee, Damian Williams 1A and LaShawn McCoy 1B. Damian Williams goes out, and then it's LaShawn McCoy 1A and Daryl Williams 1B, right? Now, are they going to do that again? Here's my question. Is the two touches from LaShawn McCoy because of the fumble, which I believe it is, or is it because... Andy Reid is going back to a one-back system. I mean... Or is it because the Chiefs did not run nearly as many plays as they usually run? LaShawn McCoy played the same amount of snaps as Daryl Williams last week. 22%. 56% went to Daryl Williams. Uh, Excuse me, Damian Williams. McCoy only had two receptions, no rushes. Like I said, though, there was that fumble. I think there's a big difference. Damian Williams, the first drive, had two rushes and two uh, targets, so he was already right back into being the main guy right when he got back. So I don't think much has changed. I have Damian Williams at 17. I think he's a solid RB2. And I have Carlos Hyde. Uh, excuse me, Carlos Hyde. And I have uh, LaShawn McCoy at 32. So more of a flex option. We'll see. I- I'm very intrigued to see that. You want? You ready to go on to the uh, the tech zones? Sure, sure. Okay, the tech zones. Uh, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this already. 55-point over-under in this game. Um, the Texans, we already talked about Deshaun Watson. He's the number two quarterback on the Watson. week for Michael and myself. Um, Hopkins, man. Hopkins. Finally kind of got off the butt kiss last week, but <laughs> Will Fuller had a game for the ages. Do you think that Will Fuller obviously doesn't – Follow it up with the same thing, but do you think Will Fuller stays hot? And how do you feel about DeAndre Hopkins in this game? Yeah, they both got off the schneid a bit. Schneiky. Uh, Will Fuller is obviously a better player than DeAndre Hopkins at this point. 
Michael looked at me like waiting for my response, and I knew he was trying to. I knew he was trying to drag Entice me into you. this, but so I'm not gonna. I'm not going to even like give that a, a response. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins owners are all upset from a seven reception, 88 yard game just because Will Fuller went off. Like, relax. Seven receptions, 88 yards is solid. He just didn't find the end zone. He'll have big games coming, and this week is as good of any to have that breakout game like Fuller had last week. Maybe not 200 yards and three touchdowns. That top 10 fantasy performance of all time but a touchdown on 100 yards is definitely plausible and will fuller i think he's a solid wide receiver too not just because of what he did last week obviously that helps but he's had at least six targets uh in every game besides week one 16 targets last week he's been highly involved he just hasn't been connecting with sean watson last week obviously they connected a bunch he was also tackled inside the one yard line twice last week imagine if he had 217 yards and five touchdowns holy moly well look <laughs> <laughs> play your guys against KC, uh, your pass catching options. It says a chance to be a 45-38 game, so sign me up for Watson and um, Watson, Hopkins and Fuller. Let's go to that backfield. This stat, uh, courtesy of Ian Hartitz, by the way, great name, Hartitz. Um, Duke Johnson, number one in yards after contact, number one in PFF's elusive rating, number two in yards per touch, number three in yards per carry. Doesn't have more than 10 touches in a game since week one. It's ridiculous how this guy is not being used because you see him on film and he looks like a great running back. Yeah. He's been like this every single year of his career, though. So at this point, you just kind of have to expect it. But Carlos Hyde last week. Did Carlos Hyde things? 21 rushes, 60 yards. Happened to fall into the end zone. So guess what? He had a solid fantasy day. Get him pretty darn tired of this Carlos Hyde stuff, Tim, I tell you. <laughs> but look, Duke Johnson, as of this point, you can't play him over Carlos Hyde. I have Carlos Hyde as a flex option this week against KC. Another great week to fall over into the end zone. Duke Johnson, I think, can be a flex option, but he's definitely more risky. And without the touchdown appeal at the goal line that Carlos Hyde has, you need a uh, you need him to break out a long run. He went 9 for 59 last week, one yard less than uh, Carlos Hyde on it. 12 less rush attempts but he hasn't had more than two receptions since week one it's pretty tough right now to be a duke johnson owner but my hope is that duke johnson ends up taking more work away from carlos hyde when they realize who the better player is uh yeah i mean although i do think this is a hyde revenge game if you revenge. want to look at that narr- narrative he did get released the, the chiefs weren't using him at all in the preseason well because the chiefs realized that they could do better yeah so he, but he, he went to Houston. He's he's made it. He's carved himself out a decent season. Um, so shout out to Carlos Hyde. Is there anyone else in this game you want to talk about? The tight ends. I actually have Fells and Aikens at sixteen and seventeen, because some people are obviously struggling. Od out there right now at the tight end position. You went all New York on them. I said Od. What's going on here? No, look, you we're from New York. Yeah. Fells seventy nine percent of the snaps. Aikens sixty six percent of the snaps. That's more than most of the guys on this list, honestly, more than Mark Andrews and others. So one of them just has to find the end zone for you to be happy. And there's a there's a chance it happens. So especially with the way this tight end landscape is looking this week, sometimes you just got to take a random dart throw like that and hope it lands. The reason I prefer Fells is because he does play uh, more snaps. All right, let's move on to our next game. Uh, our next game is the... 
Falcons at the Cardinals. I was about to say Texans at the Chiefs. That game's gonna have enough players, so you can you can go over it twice on the preview show. But Cardinals at the Fal- Falcons at the Cardinals. Um, interesting stat. Right now, the Falcons have allowed a league low in yards to the running back out of the backfield, ninety-one. Um, only seven percent of the passes that they've given up has gone to the has gone to the running back. And if you think about the Falcons, they're their like mo has been running backs out of the backfield can beat them and they have beat them consistently over the past few years but there is a caveat they haven't really played a big threat outside the backfield besides dalvin cook and in that game he caught two out of the total 10 passes that the vikings threw remember that 10 pass game in the beginning of the year um they lead the nfl in plays while trailing so could just be a, a game script kind of thing and Last week, Johnson and Edmonds had six catches combined, so this could be the week that someone breaks out. Now, David Johnson's a game-time decision. If David Johnson doesn't play, how much do you like Chase Edmonds in this game? Quite a bit. Me too. Uh, this is a great matchup great against spot. Atlanta. They and, suck. And what should be— Falcons suck, man. Yeah, their defense especially. Holy moly, they're trash. But that's great for fantasy purposes. Both of these teams are top 10 in, uh, in rate of play. Uh how quickly they call plays so it should be both teams should run a whole bunch of plays so this is a another another game to attack people attacked the Bengals uh Cardinals game last week and the Falcons are way better offensively than the Cardinals are so I think they're all pretty solid options um Vegas agrees with Johnson, you, by the way sorry to cut you off Vegas agrees with you by the way five 51 and a half over under Atlanta is actually a two and a half point favorite in this game only two and a half points against Arizona Dude, Jeez. they suck. I know they've been bad, but look, you you asked about David Johnson. Uh, I have him at running back eight right now because even if he is kind of hurt, if he's playing, I'm guessing he's going to get a lot of work. And yeah. against Atlanta, you want that. He's a GTD. If he's out, man, Chase Edmonds, I think, has RB1, high-end RB2 appeal. If he's going to get the work, he looked great last week in uh, David Johnson's stead, our new word, our new favorite word on this show, the Brodo Fantasy Stead podcast. <laughs> but look. You got to play them. So I picked up Chase Edmonds uh, in multiple leagues this week. Uh, leagues that I'm hurting at running back, I put like $10 fab. It was 150 so less than less than 10% of the fab, but close enough, like 7.5% fab I used on Chase Edmonds for in case David Johnson misses time or if he re-aggravates his injury. He's one of the best handcuffs to own in that offense that runs a ton of plays. For sure. Um, let's go to the outside options. Uh, Christian Kirk could be back um, again. He practiced today. Practiced today. Um, so looking like he will be back. Um, Larry Fitzgerald had a disappointing game. Right now, Kyler Murray is one of the favorites that I've heard on multiple podcasts and on Twitter. He is, he's only throwing a touchdown on 2% of his passes. Yeah. League average is around 4%. Um, and last year, the lowest was 2.8%. So a lot of people think he's going to regress forward. He's already the quarterback eight. Do you like Kyler Murray as a starter in this game? Yeah. Yeah, I me love too, man. Kyler Murray as a starter. You got to start. You said, let's go to the outside, then ask about the quarterback. Well, I'm going to say, let's go. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you're right. I did say that. <laughs> I have Kyler Murray as my <laughs> as my QB6 this week. So, I had him highly ranked last week. He put up 25. He has that floor now because of the rushing yards as well. Only threw one touchdown last week and put up 25 because he went 10 for 93 on the ground. So, Kyler Murray... He has that floor. He's not going to get you less than 17, 18, and he has the chance. If he does throw for two touchdowns and get rushing yards, 
He could put up 25 to 30 points as well. Cardinal Shady put up mad running, rushing yards last week. Yeah. Everyone talks about them being an air raid offense, and they just ran the shit out of the ball against the, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, let's go to the outside for real now. Christian Kirk could be back. Larry Fitzgerald had a disappointing game. Keyshawn Johnson still in the mix. How do you feel about these wide receivers? Larry Fitz is disappointed since his first two weeks. I think that people are... are are expecting too much out of Larry Fitzgerald in terms of he's old now, man. And yeah, Father Time he's the catches. number one guy there. It's true, but it would be nice for him to have Christian Kirk to get a little pressure off of him yeah. so that he doesn't get all the attention because he, he can't be beating double teams at 31 years old. Yeah, coming out of the slot, though, he's in a great position against DeMonte Casey. Not a not a scary, you'd not be, a threat. You'd be Casey not to start him. You'd be Casey, my man. I have him as a solid wide receiver, too, this week. Uh, now's a good time for him to get off this uh, tiny schneid of not reaching f- ten points. He uh, seven and nine back to back week, so I think it's I think it's a good week for Larry Fitz here. Christian Kirk, I'm gonna monitor him right now. I don't have him in my rankings because I didn't expect him to practice. He practiced off to the side, so it's it's very questionable what that means. So he's someone to keep an eye on, but he'll be in my wide receiver three territory if it looks like he's gonna play. I'm not touching anyone else on that team. They were a mess last week outside of Larry Fitzgerald with Trent Sherfield and even Farrell Cooper mixing in with Keyshawn Johnson to get uh to get reception. So that's not something I want a part of. Um all right. Anyone else in this squad that you want to talk about? Nope. All right. Let's move over to the other side of this uh matchup. The other side. The other side. The other side. Did I go too hard right there? Oh, great. I want more. <laughs> Let's go over to the other side. Um, Julio Jones, disappointing. Do you know who actually led the team in snaps from the wide receiver spot last week for them? Mo Sanu. Mo Sanu, interesting. That's no, that's no shock. Another good game for Mo Sanu. Is he finally becoming a fantasy viable player? I mean, he always has been. Ah, dude. Michael. What? Don't you be doing that. Why? Because we, we did not like Mo Sanu coming into this season. What I what do you mean? I said Mo Sanu was one of the best in best ball, was one of the best 18th, 19th round guys. Because he had 800 yards and five touchdowns last year, and there's, he always steals work from all the players. Sure. I mean, in redraft, these the leagues we're currently playing in, uh, where you do lineup transactions every week, his ceiling's low. But I mean, at this point, he's getting the work. I think it's absolutely ridiculous what um, what Atlanta's doing, not throwing to um, Ridley and Julio more. But Sadu has three straight games with double-digit fantasy points and now goes to Arizona, which is another great matchup. And they're going to run a ton of plays. So, yeah, I think Mo Sanu is definitely a, definitely a flex option and even wide receiver three option if if need be. Um, Let's go. T- how, how do you feel about Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley then? Julio, I was my number one this week. A game where he needs to, needs to bounce back from two straight underwhelming performances. Um, hasn't reached 10 half PPR fantasy points yet. Going against Arizona. They're going to be out uh, out Patrick Peterson again, and they're going to be running a bunch of plays, so sign me up for Julio Jones. I also have Calvin Ridley as a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three, because when he gets the targets, he puts in work. The games where he got at least four receptions this year, he's put up 14, 21, and 17 half PPR fantasy points. So he just needs the work, and this week is as good a week as ever to get the work again. And then Austin Hooper, we know that the tight end funnel defense that Arizona has is perfect, and Austin Hooper has been a stud to start the season. 
So fire him up too. I have him as my tight end four behind the big three of Kelsey Kittle and Ertz. I would I even consider him over Ertz, but I still like the uh, I still like the uh, the Ertz factor here with Djax out getting you forgot the bunch forgot, of targets. You forgot Mark Andrews in the big four. You forgot Mark Andrews. Just just put that out there. I said the big three. Uh, uh, <laughs> big four. Um, <laughs> Ito Smith, forty seven percent of the snaps last week. We saw him be really involved in the passing game. If you're a Devontae Freeman owner, the week before, you're like, finally, Devontae Freeman's coming back, scored a touchdown, yeah, and then all of a sudden he sees 53% of the snaps. Are you nervous, and is Edo Smith a playable option? I mean, I'm not playing Edo Smith just because he's he's not really done anything this season, even with the work he's getting. Devontae Freeman, yeah, obviously, but you you know that he was going to lose work to Edo Smith. Like, you didn't expect Devontae Freeman to get 90% of the carries. He never has. Yeah. So, like, so far this season, half PPR, 3, 8, 11, 14, 16. A steady climb towards running back to consistency. So, if you have Devontae Freeman, that's that's what you're getting. You're going to get running back to consistency, whether it be through a touchdown randomly or some rushing yards or a bunch of receptions. Let's talk about the trash can that is Matt Ryan. Um some more empty yards on the way. Yeah, let's blame Matt Ryan for the fact that the Falcons' defense might be the worst ever. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a bunch of bad Matt defenses. Ryan does not have a single game under 300 passing yards yet. So, if you're not starting Matt Ryan, you're doing it wrong. Congratulations. Well, Start yeah. Matt Ryan. Again, in fantasy, he yeah. should be started. In real life, sucks. Imagine the Bears with Matt Ryan. They would suck. They'd be so good. They would They would suck. Don't act like they would have been so much better. <laughs> they would be okay. They'd be decent, and they'd have to get over Matt Ryan's mistakes because he throws mad interceptions. All right. <laughs> you got, we done with this game? Start Matt Ryan, though, in all, in all seriousness. You know I yeah, like he's to, my QB4. You know I like to make fun of Matt Ryan, but he's been a stud in fantasy this year. That he has. Um, let's go over to the 49ers at the Rams and Inter Division Major. Uh, we see the San Francisco. This is really the first big test for San Francisco um, in terms of their. So are they the real deal is the question with the 49ers. So let's go over to the 49ers. Last week, we saw Matt Breida go absolutely apeshit. Matt Breida is nice. Yeehaw. The fact that people aren't seeing the fact that Matt Breida is nice yet is completely beyond Nasty, me. Nasty, boy. The only problem with Matt Breida is he's going to have to break an 80-yard run to score the ball. And they made that perfectly I don't know. He, the five-yard touchdown pass was nice. They gave him a little option route. On the pass. He just completely worked the linebacker, yeah. Um, but it was also very clear that Tevin Coleman is here to stay. 16 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown. He is the goal line back. Matt uh, Shanahan has said as much. This team is going to run, and the Los Angeles Rams have been susceptible to getting slashed by the run. Yep. So sure. with that being said... And you got to remember, Clay Matthews out with a broken jaw. So with that being said, um, how do you like the running backs in this matchup? Got Breed at 20 and Coleman at 22. I'd be perfectly fine firing them both up as RB2s this week. That San Francisco running offense has been absolutely ridiculous this year under Kyle Shanahan. And it does not look like they're going to stop pounding the ball anytime soon unless they really need to pass. Because why not if it's going to be this damn effective? George Kittle playing out of his mind. He's just not getting the, the volume that he got last year, but PFF has him rated as playing better than he did last year. He's number one in the position, according to PFF. And when you see him on tape, he just stands out as the best player on the field every time he's on the field. Um, how do you like him in this game in terms of the matchups? Yeah, he went six for 70 in a touchdown last week. All he needs is the targets. He's not getting that 
as many targets as you want weekly, but because their running game has been so effective. But when he is, he's the one of the top three tight ends in target share because why not throw the ball to one of the best tight ends in the league? And he's been last that last week the touchdown he was so open. I don't understand how you let George Kittle get that open as a defense, but that game was just an all around mess for Cleveland. But yeah, I mean I have him as my tight end too. If you have George Kittle, this is a game against L.A. which could get L.A. could rack up some points here. So at home, Jared Goff is much better at home than he is on the road. So it could lead to more passing opportunities for George Kittle. If he gets double-digit targets, he could be in for a huge game. What about the guys on the outside? Goodwin, Samuel? They're, I These receivers, dude, it's a mess. Yeah. Debo Samuel ended up being a just a bum last week. Dante Pettis played the most snaps, over 60% of the snaps. <laughs> and then... He drops the slant that would have given him a first down, possibly even a touchdown. House. That was a how house. Do you, like, how do you work a cornerback on third and seven, get that much space on a slant, and then just drop the damn ball? Especially like, that's something a, a coach, if I was a coach, and someone was trying to work their way back onto the field, I'd go to him after and be like, see why you're not playing? <laughs> like, come on, man. So, right now, as crazy as it sounds... You can't trust any of these guys. Like, how could you at this point with the way they're playing, with the way they're running the ball, and the way they're just – George Kittle's the, obviously the number one option there. If anything, Marquise Goodwin went 3 for 41 last week, and that was like the bright spot for the receivers. On the other hand, Jimmy Garoppolo spreading the ball around, um, he doesn't really need to run. I mean, to, to do much. But do you like him as a streamer this week? Uh, I mean, if like, I think he's a, a mid-tight end two this week. Like, I have him as my QB 18, so literally right in the middle of tight end two. He just, his ceiling is just low unless he's forced to pass. Let's go over to the other side. Now, Brandon Cooks might miss this game. And if he does, got to love yourself some Cooper Cup. Got to love yourself some Robert Woods. Despite the fact that Richard Sherman is probably going to be up against Robert Woods. And Cooper Cup is going to be going against Kawan Williams, who's been one of the best slot corners in the league this season. Um, it don't matter to me. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> These guys, I'm telling you, this San Francisco defense has been the most... You knew they were going to get better because of the, all the talent they added. They've been they, impressive. They added Quan Alexander. They added Joey Bosa. They added uh, D. Ford. I mean, I'm sorry, Nick Bosa. They added Nick Ford. I mean, D. Ford. So, like, you knew that they would be better, but I don't even think they, you knew they were going to be this good. This is their first real test, though, within the division. Yeah, they played against Tampa Bay Week 1, which was Tampa Bay Week 1 did not play well. It could obviously be due to the San Francisco defense. Cincinnati Week 2, then Pittsburgh, and then Cleveland coming off a bye. So, this is their first real test going into L.A. L.A. at home is a much better offense than on the road. So, it's it's definitely a test for them. But um, if you have Cooper Cup... You're playing him. Simple yeah. as that. He's become an elite wide receiver one. I have him as my number two receiver. Robert Woods, I have uh, as my wide receiver 22 right now, so um, wide receiver two territory as well. He is, his expected fantasy points are there, man. Like, he's a, like uh, who is it who does expected fantasy points on PFF? It's, it's a PFF article that has expected fantasy points based on targets and depth of target and things of that sort. Robert Woods is up there. Um and he's had a bunch of plays negated by penalty. Number one in the league for receivers of plays ne- negated by penalties. He's already top 10 in targets. So hold out hold out hope for Robert Woods here, guys. It's been rough for a few games. But there's some good coming, especially if Brandon Cooks is out. If Brandon Cooks plays, I think he's a solid uh, wide receiver, too, as well against San Fran. What about Gerald Everett? You talked a little bit about him earlier. You said that he you picked him up in your own league to start him. Yeah, talk about OJ Howard. Yeah, talk about why you like him. 
this dude has been a monster uh, the last two weeks. Five uh, receptions, 44 yards on eight targets two weeks ago, and a touchdown. You're thinking, oh, look at that. A tight end actually had a good game for Sean McVay. And then seven for 11 and 136. Kidding me? Out of uh, a tight end in a Sean McVay offense? But this was not like this was planned, it seemed, from um, from the, the Rams because he was running so many routes. And can this be just a two-week thing that happened? Sure. Can it be real? Absolutely. And do you want a pass-catching option on a team that has such a heavy pass passing game. Like, Jared Goff throws a ridiculous amount, and Gerald Everett, if he could be a tight end one, which I think he can, then picking him off, off the waiver wire was a, a great add for guys who got him, especially in the with the way the tight end landscape has been recently. It was against Tampa Bay and Seattle, who aren't very good against a tight end, so it's interesting to see how it goes this week, but definitely a good start. A 50 and a half over under, so Vegas is definitely expecting a big time um, game in terms of offense here. Uh, the Rams, three point favorites. The bets are coming in 50 50 on that right now. So um, pretty pretty high over under over there in Vegas. Um, let's talk about Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley has been a little more involved in the passing game over the last few weeks, but still the touchdowns are saving him, man. If he's going to have one of these games with no touchdowns, he's going to shit your team. But he hasn't yet. Shit your team. <laughs> nah, he's going to shit all over it. How do you feel about Todd Gurley? Uh, basically the way I feel about Todd Gurley every week at this point, high-end RB2 because yeah. of the touchdown appeal and the fact that he's playing a lot of snaps again. I mean, 15 rushes and three receptions last week. He had seven receptions and two touchdowns week four. Back-to-back games with two touchdowns. Obviously, you don't you can't expect two touchdowns every game, but the Rams score. Like, they're not the offense they were last year, but they still score a lot. And they're at home, which is better for their offense. So, if you have Todd Gurley, you're playing him. The Rams' offensive line has been absolutely atrocious. And Jared Goff is on pace to throw 700 times this year. Um, Crazy. How do you feel about Jared Goff against the San Francisco defense? Tough matchup, but... Tough matchup. Still have him as my QB 10 this week. Mm. Uh, he's at home. At home, he's he put up 19 against New Orleans, 24 against Tampa Bay. That's basically the same things that would happen last year when he was at home. He was much better a lock for like twenty fantasy points. So if you have golf, you're likely starting him. Remember, he's a UCLA guy. So not only is this home, it's been home. So I'm everyone, going home. everyone's always comfortable at home. And I think he's a California kid. I think he was born in California, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, anyone else in this game you want to talk about? I don't think so, guy. Let's go on to the Titans at the Broncos. Get this. Cortland Sutton has seen 25% or more of his team targets in the in four of his five games. Only OBJ, Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, and Adam Thielen have done that outside of him. That's from J.J. Zacharias. OBJ, that's pretty funny. Uh, OBJ, I'm telling you, OBJ's been getting the target share. It's just that his quarterback is not playing well. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, the Broncos play the Titans, who have had a good secondary this season, have shut down some guys. So with that being said, Cortland Sutton, um, he's a guy that you had as your uh, – well, Jason had as his stock up on Monday – how do you feel about Court and Sutton in this one? Yeah, uh, it's a difficult matchup going against Tennessee with Adore Jackson and such. They've been very, very solid this season, better than you'd expect out of Tennessee. Uh, they always have a, a solid secondary. Yeah, but they've been further improved this year. But he's had double digits uh, four of, of five weeks so far this year. Uh, he's found the end zone three times in the last two games. He's getting at least seven targets every single game so far this year. Sign me up. 
Like, I have him as a wide receiver, too, this week. At this point, you have to have him there because he's getting the work, and he's proving to be a very solid pass-catching option for Joe Flacco. He's got the talent, His number too. one target over Sanders at this point. He's got the talent, too. It's not yeah. like he's doing this. He's just getting the volume. Um, yeah, he was a stud at SMU. Yeah. Uh, what about Emmanuel Sanders in this one? His floor is very scary at this point. One target, one reception, nine yards last week against L.A. They won the game, so... He didn't come out saying it was a suck fest this time around. They're playing in suck world or whatever he said. <laughs> but still not good at all fantasy owners if two of three games he doesn't reach three half PPR fantasy points. It's just hard to expect Joe Flacco to carry two wide receivers at this point. Yeah. So, but like I said, Tennessee's tough, and Dory Jackson is a solid corner. So I, I do think there should be some room for Emmanuel Sanders to work. So I think he's a a decent wide receiver three option at the least. He's still going to be having to work against Malcolm Butler or Logan Ryan, who are not superstars but are decent in their own right. Hey, Malcolm Butler is, yeah. Um, let's go over the, the running backs. Phillip Lindsay went absolutely common chess last week. 15 carries for 114 yards, 7.6 yards a carry in one touchdown. Royce Freeman also had a good game in the ground, 13 for 61. Keep so, rolling, 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 even rolling, Deontay's rolling, rolling. Deontay Spencer had a carry. Uh, Joe Flacco ran it three times. Huh? All right, guy. Come on. So, yeah. Come on. <laughs> obviously, uh, it's against the Chargers team that you can run on. Uh, we'll go over that in a second. The Chargers team has been very susceptible to the run. But with that being said, uh, a very good game out of them. Do you expect them the same in, against Tennessee? Philip Lindsay has two games with over 20 fantasy points, three games under 10. So, it's he does have some risk that comes along with him. But against Tennessee... They do have a solid defense, but I mean, they're going to. I don't expect this to be a game where Tennessee blows Denver away. I think Denver has played better than their record shows so far this season uh, as a team. Their defense is finally starting to pick it up a bit as well. I, I like Philip Lindsay as a uh, middle of the pack RB2 this week in a semi decent matchup, and Royce Freeman as a flex option. Royce Freeman is more of the high floor guy where you could get, but not even a high floor, like seven to eight fantasy points is what you can expect. From Royce Freeman at this point, he hasn't found the end zone yet. Philip Lindsay's been that guy too, so it's kind of tr- tough to trust Royce Freeman right now. Lindsay's obviously the one A. I will yeah. say this: thirty-nine point over under in Vegas in this game. So Vegas not Slow. expecting much offense in this game, which is which is good because both of these teams, I mean, which is a good guess because both of these teams have yeah. good defenses. Um, the other side, no the f- other yeah, side. Noah Fant. I was gonna say Noah Fant, but you know. He's he's uh, no offense. Yeah, yo, he's running more routes and shit. So I see a lot of people on Twitter like, look out for Noah Fant. But I mean, we're talking about a rookie tight end on a Joe Flacco led offense. That's all you really need to know. Like, he already has Sutton and Sanders as his two guys. So I I highly doubt Noah Fant makes a big impact at any point. The Broncos defense has been good. Um, but with that well, has be- been good last week. Was good last, but has been good in general. Um, I mean, they didn't even have a sack through the first three weeks. I, I, I'm not talking about fantasy-wise, but they've been holding teams to low scores. Let's put it that way. They've been solid in that sense. Um, but at the same time, this is not uh, offense is going to light anyone up in terms of the Tennessee Titans. So um, let's talk about the guy that you want to start in this game, which is Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about him? Leonard Fournette ran for over 200 yards last time, two weeks ago against Denver. Last week, the Chargers didn't do so well against Denver, but that's because they decided Melvin Gordon. It was time to get Melvin Gordon involved, even though he's been sitting on the couch for five weeks. Derrick Henry has a shot for a blow-up game here, in my opinion. 
He put up 28, uh, excuse me, uh, 20, yeah, 28 half PPR fantasy points week one. Hasn't reached 17 since, has been between 11 and 16. I think he could have a 20-plus game here and find the end zone and go over 100 yards. What about the outside guys? Your favorite guy, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. My favorite guys. Don't love them, obviously. Uh, this is a team that isn't based on the passing game. It's based on the running game. They try to get Derrick Henry going as often as they can. It's just who are you going to trust out of those guys? It's a wild guess. Yeah, it's a wild guess. I have A.J. Brown and Corey Davis at 51 and 52 right now. It's whoever Chris Harris doesn't guard. Yeah, and it's like, do you really want to trust one of them? Like, there's a chance to get you zero or a chance to get you four. Or there's a chance to get you 20, like A.J. Brown, if he catches two long touchdowns. But what are the odds that happens again? It's very difficult to trust any Tennessee Titans receiver at this point. Um, Okay, well, if you're not going to trust their receivers, then I I saw something on Twitter. Somebody called Delaney Walker, Delaney needs a walker. That was pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, Delaney Walker... The Greg Olson, same thing going on here. One reception for four yards, one reception for 10 yards the last two weeks. Blah. Going against Denver. The way this tight end landscape is set up, though, I'm holding out one more week for Delaney Walker. I have him as my tight end 10. If he shits the bet again, you could let him go, but I'm holding out one more week. It's not a bad matchup for him. Like you said, Chris Harris is going to be on the one of the main receivers. So if there's a week for Delaney Walker to get off this terrible schneid that he's in, it's, it's this week against Denver. Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota, I tweeted an interesting fact about him. Uh, quarterbacks with no interceptions this year starting every game. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes first in yards per attempt, which is it's just usually a very good indicator of how talented the quarterback is. Um, Russell Wilson was third in yards per attempt. Marcus Mariota, no interceptions yet, and ninth in yards per attempt. found that very interesting. He just doesn't attempt as many passes as the other guys. It's true, but he might be playing a little better than we might think. I like Marcus Mariota. Don't say we. All right? I've been telling you guys this. With that being said, I don't like him against Denver this week. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm not playing Marcus Mariota. He's not really a a trustworthy uh, fantasy option. Uh, Let's go to the final 4 o'clock game, the Cowboys at the Jets. Now, Usually, I would say, don't start any of your Jets, but Sam Darnold's back, baby. Oh, yeah. So- mano y mano. <laughs> <laughs> Darnold versus the Cowboys. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, so, what do you expect out of this Jets defense, uh, Jets offense against a good Cowboys, uh, a good Cowboys defense? First of all, I will say this. You have Robbie Anderson. Chris Herndon hurt his hamstring, so he's probably not going to play. So you Crazy, have, man. Well, that's what happens when you have a four-game suspension. You come back, you hurt your hamstring. It's 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 clockwork. The hammy hammy These hoe. guys who get suspended, they come back, they hurt their hamstrings. It's always the same. Because if you're not running like that and you and you just – it's 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 the hamstring. It's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. But anyway, Sam Darnold coming back from mono against a pretty good Cowboys defense. Robbie Anderson, what do you see out of him? Both receiver guys I'm going to tackle here because – I think they're both decent flex shop flex options this week. I got Demarius uh, Thomas, Demarius Thomas. No, Jameson Crowder. Oh, I'm not starting DT. I'd say what DT. <laughs> to get that guy out of here. I know he had seven <laughs> targets last week, but I was with Luke Falk, who yeah. can't throw a damn football. He should be cut and never signed again. I'm sorry, he has a family, but don't worry, he'll be on the New York Guardians soon enough in the XFL. Yeah, Robbie Anderson and Crowder. I have a 42 and 44. Uh, Robbie, I have a bit higher just because I like his downfield potential more. But both of these guys, I'd rather wait a week before diving back into this Jets offense, especially in a difficult matchup like Dallas with Byron Jones and company. 
But I think it could both be solid flex plays this week because there is upside now with Darnold being back and healthy. But Darnold, like, with Mono, he couldn't work out or anything. So he also has to get back into game shape and conditioning and things of that sort. So it's not like he's going to be 100% Darnold just yet just because he got cleared to not get murdered on the field by getting hit in the spleen. Like, that's what happened. They said, you're not going to die if you get hit in the spleen so you can play again. So Hopefully he doesn't die. Yeah. That, would, that would be some something else. That would be absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Please don't. Happen. Please don't die. Yeah. I'm moving on to the running back position. <laughs> well, look, Le'Veon Bell is fourth in usage in the league. So yeah. they're using him a lot, and this should just open up even more for him. <laughs> Something's going on outside. Yeah, I don't there's know if some you guys... dude yelling. There, we get some strange ones here in New York. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. But look, Le'Veon Bell, he gets a ridiculous amount of work, and despite Luke Falk, a quarterback, has scored at least 12 half PPR fantasy points every week besides against New England. But He's been holding the Everyone shit. has sucked against New England. Yeah. He's been the only offensive weapon. Like, it was... It was just so disgusting last week, the Jets. Do you want to hear something? Do you want to hear something about this? The Jets are averaging just under five yards per drive. They have less total yards than Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I, mean, I was just about to tell you that Christian McCaffrey averages more yards per drive than the Jets. <laughs> but with that being said, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is the only one I'm firing up with a head of steam. Yeah, My RB9 against Dallas. Uh, Aaron Jones just absolutely torched Dallas. Shout out to Aaron Jones. Um, yeah. If you have Le'Veon Bell, you're starting him. This is why you drafted him with a, as a Sam Darnold-led team. Yeah, and if the Cowboys lose to the Jets, watch out. It's going to be panic time in Denver. In, in oh, and it's going to be glorious Dallas. in New York. Oh, it's going to be glorious. Because yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to tell everyone who's been shitting on the Jets because there's been so many TV analysts that just love when the Jets suck. They're just like, the Jets are blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I people saw- don't realize that you can't judge the Jets right now, through the first five weeks, they're bugging out. I, I saw one of these these websites that put rankings for quarterbacks in tiers, and the tiers was trying to be the next Browns, and the Jets were down there. It's like, yo, you want to get slapped? Are you trying to get slapped? Because I'm going to slap you. It's mad funny. Like, people love Darnold this offseason. He gets mono, and now he's like, oh, what are the Jets going to do at quarterback? Yeah. Or, oh, man, Lamar Jackson's clearly the best in this class. Yeah. Um, let's go over to the next game. Los Angeles at Pittsburgh. Sunday I'm sorry, night, Pittsburgh at Los Angeles. Yeah. Sunday night football. Sunday night football on MSG. So breaking news that just came across our desk or our half moon table that we have here. What's that, Tim? Mason Rudolph practiced today in a limited capacity and he's expected to play on Sunday. Yeah, pretty nuts. Pretty yeah. nuts. I mean, again, what. he everyone was like that looked bad, but I mean We've mentioned that we're from New York multiple times, and I don't want to sound like I'm from the hood hood, but, you know, we're from places where you had to kind of fight sometimes for what you believed in or just for, to protect yourself. I've seen people get knocked out like that before, and I've seen them be all right before. Like, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't like, get a concussion. Like, was he concussed? I like, think, but he, I think- he got knocked out. Like, he got punched in the jaw and not, got knocked out. Like, people yeah. get knocked out like that. So I think he's going to be all right. So good news for that offense is Mason Rudolph is back. Yeah, if he starts, it's pretty crazy. Great news for Deontay Johnson owners who might be forced into playing him this year, this week. Deontay Johnson, I'll just go right into him because he played over 90% of the snaps last week. He looks like the favorite right now. He officially, like, stepped up into every down starter territory. James Washington fell to 55%. Deontay Johnson went up to 92%. And he has been uh, Mason Rudolph's favorite target, both short and downfield. So it's very interesting for Deontay Johnson until... It's, he's hard to trust as more than a flex until Mason Rudolph shows a bit progression. But 
he's had at least six targets in every game that Rudolph is starting. So he's very interesting. You kill me with that L, bro. You just kill me. You kill me. It's a silent L, man. Mason Rudolph. No, you almost said Rudolph. <laughs> um, Juju on that beat is my uh, wide receiver 19. Uh, he does have a difficult matchup here with Casey Hayward and uh, King if he moves into the slot. So no matter where he goes, he's going to be up against one of the premier corners in the league. But I love me some Juju. He went 7 for 75 in a touchdown last week. They said they wanted to get him more involved, and that they did against Baltimore. So, again, he has at least he has double-digit fantasy points in four or five games. He only has one uh, one game where he shit the bed, which happens. Happens to Julio Jones. Happens to DeAndre Hopkins. No reason to go crazy panicking. So, I still like Juju as a wide receiver, too, this week. Also, we you forgot to mention that on that play that Mason Rudolph went down, on the same exact play, James Washington went down. And he's gonna miss. he's likely going to miss a few weeks. So he's not playing in this game. So that's even more reason to like Juju and Deontay, Deontay Johnson in this one. Um, Word. My favorite guy in this game is James Conner. Jalen um, Samuels. Deuces. Deuces for Jalen Samuels. And James Conner is going a to speedy get... speedy recovery, Jalen. Yeah, of course. He's going to be out for a month. But this team has been susceptible on the ground big time. And the Steelers like to run the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if James if James Conner touches the ball twenty five to thirty times in this game. Yeah, uh, twenty five to thirty is a bit much. It's a lot, but I'm I wouldn't be surprised if they go that way. I have him as my running back fifteen. Um, like you said, Denver ran all over them last week, but generally they've been at least a decent run defense prior to that game. But yeah, James Conner, the fact that he didn't have a reception last week kind of sucks. But Jalen Samuels is gone. The week before that, he had eight receptions, and then four, three, and four the other weeks. So he is involved in the passing game as well. He's yet to reach 15 rushes. I would not be surprised if this is a game where he does reach that 15th rush in a game. So I like James Conner as a high-end RB2 this week due to just volume and overall usage now with Jalen Samuels out of the picture for at least a month. Yep, uh, uh, completely agree with you on that stuff. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers have been decent against the run, but I think that it's important to note that they have been decent against shitty running backs. And when they play good running backs, they've been bad. Yep. So the Chargers also have had a pretty cakewalk schedule up until this point, but they have allowed 174 yards to Marlon Mack. So that's basically the best running back they've seen um, besides early season carry on Johnson, which was splitting carries with CJ Anderson. So that really doesn't count. Yeah. So Philip Lindsay and Marlon Mack have really torched them. So I think it's fair to say, that's going to happen again. Um, let's go over to the... Well, the tight end real quick, Vance McDonald. Oh, yes. Okay, uh, he's my tight end 12 this week. Um, it's kind of tough to trust him as more than that right now. He came back from injury and then went 3 for 34 against Baltimore. But with all the tight ends, the tight end happy haps that are happening right now, Vance McDonald is a better option than most other guys at this point. Let's go over to the Los Angeles offense and... The big question is Hunter Henry. Practice this week. We mentioned him. Well, I mentioned him on the uh, Patreon exclusive waiver pod. You can get. It, you could have got him for free. Most people were not talking about Hunter Henry. If Hunter Henry plays in this game, are you comfortable firing him up right away? Depending on your options, likely, yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't give him, if he's up for it, a very solid workload right off the bat because they are just decimated by injuries literally everywhere, and they are now 2-3, and three, I believe, right? So they need to win. They need to play their best players. So I think if Hunter Henry comes back, he's definitely 
a startable option right off the bat. Pittsburgh It'll be interesting to see. He did practice in a limited capacity for the first time, so we'll see. Pittsburgh number three in DVO against the tight end, just to put that out there. Um, these these pass catching options. You saw Williams get involved more than he has all season last last year. I mean last week. And Keenan Allen, you he again, Keenan Allen gets the best slot corner and he struggles. This year, Mike Hilton in the slot has played well. This week. I'm he sorry. This year. Well, this year yeah. Mike Hilton's played well. Oh, I thought you said okay. Yeah, go on. And so <laughs> you you get that situation where he's up against a good slot corner. What do you see out of Keenan Allen in this game, and what do you see out of Williams? Well, for Mike Williams, he was 6-for-74 last week on the surface. You see that? You're like, oh, progression. Very underwhelming when you get 13 targets. He got he saw a lot of fucking targets. He did. And 6-for-74, and they really struggled as an offense, so it was not good to see for Mike Williams. I think he's more of a low-end wide receiver three flex play. He just hasn't progressed as you'd hope so far this season. Keenan Allen I got as my wide receiver four. I'm expecting a bounce back against Pitt because Pitt does not have a cornerback that can keep up with Keenan Allen. Simple as that. No one on that team is a one-on-one match with Keenan Allen. If they play zone, Keenan Allen will tear that up too. So I like Keenan Allen this year. Hilton, you said, has played well, but he's not Keenan Allen level. Yeah, I mean, I hope he bounces back this week. I, I, I like Keenan Allen a lot. I like Phillip Rivers as a streaming option, though, against Pittsburgh. Um, Phillip Rivers... He's he every week he's basically a streaming option, but this week with uh with um buys happening, coming off his worst performance in at least a couple of years, I think he I think he bounces back against Pittsburgh and has a, a very solid game. He's reached twenty fantasy points three of five weeks, so he's been at that level so far this season and I I just think not even really because Pitt is a good matchup, it's a decent matchup and they've been better of late. I just think Phillip Rivers is too good of a quarterback not to bounce back from that awful showing last week. Important to mention that Pittsburgh has um, does have one of the best front sevens in the league in terms of pressure, and Mike Pouncey just put on the IR. They're going to lose him for the year. Unbelievable. Uh, I just feel bad for the Chargers. It's, just, it's the Chargers' way at this point, um, which leads us to the next question of Melvin Gordon versus Austin Eckler. Ooh. This is the I think big you question. know who I prefer this week. I, I prefer Austin Eckler as well. I prefer Austin Eckler. Yeah, think, you didn't even have to guess. You know what it is, man? I It's just I feel like Melvin Gordon isn't ready yet, and I feel like if they're going to run Melvin Gordon up the middle, now he's in an even lesser spot. And we mentioned this in the in the preview show. Is I mean, in the review show, I'm sorry. Is Melvin Gordon even a good running back? That question has not been answered. He had his only good season last season. He had, well, back-to-back good seasons, but... I mean, in terms of yards per attempt, yeah, yards per carry, he had less yeah. than four. This Last year was his first one. Last year was his first year over 1,000 yards. Last year was his first year where he was really a, a difference maker. So it's interesting to, to put into perspective there because Austin Eckler has been very good. But at the same time, his coach says, we're working him back and he's going to be the workhorse when he's ready. So the question is, how long does Austin Eckler's leash last? Yeah. I got Austin Eckler at running back 16 this week because, like I said, the Chargers are 2-3. and three. They need to win games. They can't sit back and let Melvin Gordon go, what was it last week, like six or 10 for 31 or something of that sort. I could get, I'm pulling it up now, but yeah, last week 12 for 31 against Denver after Denver gave up 200-plus rushing yards to Leonard Fournette on the ground. Like, that was not the game to try to get Melvin Gordon going. You need to win that game against Denver, and they did not, so... I'm interested to see if they just continue to try to give the ball to Melvin Gordon to get him going 
or if they put Austin Eckler out there. Again, Austin Eckler is clearly the pass-catching back, too, so if it's a close game or if they fall behind and they need to pass, Austin Eckler is the preferred option. I like Eckler. I have him as my RB16, and Melgo more of a low-end option until he proves otherwise. He's my uh, running back 23. Let's get to Monday Night Football, the last game of it's our, Monday night. our slot. It is a NFC North, there you go. North matchup. This is actually a, an exciting Monday Night Football game. I love it. I think Detroit is a very interesting team. People are starting to come around to what I've been saying about Detroit since the very beginning, that they're a real contender. Um, and I think that coming off the bye week, when you give this offense a chance to maybe be a little bit of, uh, get a little frisky, you, you're going to see something that you might not have seen before. Matt Stafford leads the league in air yards right now. It's good to see him use that cannon and kind of air it out after being kind of trapped in a Jim Bob Cooter offense that was great for him to begin with because he was a little too deep ball happy but ended up really like stunting his growth as it came to the end. With that being said, let's start with on Johnson in the backfield. Right now, the Green Bay Packers have been absolutely susceptible to the run. They are averaging... Um, f- f- Five, excuse me, 5.2 yards per carry. That's third worst in the league. They've allowed six touchdowns. That's second. That's the second worst number in the league. Um, they've allowed 138 yards in the ground. Carryon Johnson is their workhorse. He will continue to be their workhorse. I love me some Carryon in this game. Yeah, I mean Carryon. Last time we saw him, weeks three and four, he had 20 rushes against Philly, in week three, and then 26 rushes against KC in week four. And that was a very close game in which Detroit had a very good shot at winning, but they blew it at the end. Which, One of the reasons was because of his goal line fumble. Yeah, uh, which was rough. And KC returned that to the house as well. But he was getting the work. 28 total touches that game, 21 the week before. No uh, C.J. Anderson anymore. As we said, Ty Johnson's an afterthought against Green Bay, who's terrible as a run defense. Sign me up. I have him as my RB14 uh, this week. Uh, let's go to the outside options. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. Marvin Jones Jr. is interesting this week to me because he's played in Lambeau Field twice in his career. He's been an absolute monster in those two performances. Really? Hmm. 19 receptions total, 312 yards, and four touchdowns. That's two games in Lambeau. Two, 312 yards and four touchdowns. So I think he's a very solid wide receiver three option, uh, even with a tough matchup against the Green Bay secondary, although they did look a bit beatable, Jair Alexander and King last week at the end of the game with Cooper and Gallup both going Cooper over 200 and Gallup over 100 yards so I would not be shocked out of the bye week if Marvin Jones has a solid game and Kenny Galladay I have him as my wide receiver 16 at this point he's a super solid wide receiver too uh 12 22 3 and 21 so far uh and half PPR the three was against Philly that was disappointing but other than that he's been a very solid option going against Jair Alexander and King as as well as a not an easy not an easy task but Stafford's been slinging it going downfield, and I, I'm putting a lot of a lot of uh, stock into the fact that Detroit's coming off by as well, which we just saw what San Francisco did coming off by. Good teams coming off by usually play very well. Um, Danny Amendola may play, uh, did practice, and so did TJ Hawkinson. Are you giving these guys starts if they do play? Danny Amendola, no. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, yes. Um just because of the tight end landscape this week, but he's more of a low-end option because we've seen his floor, and that's zero. But we've also seen his ceiling, so he could have a decent game. How do you like Matt Stafford against a stingy secondary? Matt Stafford has also had success in Lambeau, 
uh, coming off a bye, so I like him a bit more than I expected. I have him as QB 16. It's still a tough game, but I wouldn't hate it if you um, if you streamed him, even though it's a difficult matchup. Start a little Matty Staffs. Um, let's go to our last team, the Green Bay Packers. Big news is St- Snacks Harrison is not at practice right now, and neither is Mike Daniels. He has a foot injury. Snacks, snacks on snacks. They don't know why. Snacks Harrison is not at practice, so it's interesting. interesting. But we know how much the loss that of would snacks, be glorious for Aaron Jones. That would be glorious. That's then that's what I was going to say. Uh, we know how much Snacks Harrison's loss affects teams, as you saw with the Giants last year. One of the better run defenses went to one of the worst run defenses without him. The Lions last year, a terrible defense. All of a sudden, one of the top ten defenses in the league and top ten against the rush with Snacks Harrison in the middle. With that being said, Aaron Jones coming off an outstanding game, but his his buddy, um, the guy that we know and love, Jamal Williams, it might play. Will he play? I mean, why, why are you assuming that Jamal Williams might play? I mean, he was he was had a, he was in the concussion protocol. Yeah, but he's still he's still in practice today. I don't think. Sometimes, I mean, a concussion that bad, that dude was on like a stretcher and stuff. That's I wouldn't true. be surprised if he's out. But it is Monday night, so we'll have to wait and see if he's out. I have right now. Aaron Jones is my fifth running back. How could he not at this point? He's yeah. been an absolute stud. Outside of week one against Chicago, he's had 23, 15, 15, and then 46 when he had last week 107 rushing yards, 75 receiving yards, four touchdowns, an absolute monstrous game. So at this point, just fire up Aaron Jones and be super happy that you have him. Turf toe is looking like it's going to keep Devontae Adams out for another week. With that something be, to monitor. Something to definitely monitor because he's one of those guys where if he's playing, you're playing him no matter what. A-Rod throwing to MVS. Um, MVS was almost Non-existent. absent. Um, throwing to Geronimo Allison, another guy that was basically absent. Jimmy, it, it, it's funny because Aaron Jones was the offense yeah. last game. So if you assume that's not going to happen again, is this an MVS game or no? I mean, I wasn't shocked by what happened. Um some people were like, oh, I started MVS. Why would I do that? Blah. Like, MVS has, has not shown that he has a very high ceiling at this point. So, I mean, I'm not super – I am not. I wasn't surprised at all that it happened. I mean, this week against Detroit, Darius Slay is one of the best corners in the league and as he's well, back. so it's tough. He's back. I have uh, MVS and Geronimo Allison just as flex options right now. I'd rather not play them, but one of them has the potential of having a good game. It's just which one. And it's whichever one's going to get the, the targets. It's hard. It's hard right now. Yeah. Um, with that being said, though, how do you like Aaron Rodgers in this game? Uh, I have him as a low-end QB1 this week. Detroit has been uh, pretty beatable through the air so far this year. And Aaron Rodgers has had four or five down games so far. Even last week, he only put up nine fantasy points. But that's because Aaron Jones was the whole offense. Can't really blame Aaron Rodgers for Aaron Jones getting four touchdowns it was a good offensive game from him so against Detroit Monday night Aaron Rodgers is obviously a stud in the primetime games as well so I think he's a solid QB1 option this week we're gonna end it with your favorite guy Michael Jimothy Graham Jimothy Cornelius Graham I was watching Scooby-Doo earlier Scrappy Cornelius do that's why I was thinking Cornelius that's the movie by the way not the show yeah the movie Good movie. Scooby Dooby Doo. <laughs> Yo, Jimmy you? Graham though. 
I have as my tight end nine right now. We got some work to <laughs> do now. Timmy's singing a song that me and Jason used to sing when we were like four. two, like two years old. You yeah. know, she brought me back when the twins were cute. <laughs> so Jimmy Graham, yeah, he went three for forty-one on three targets last week. If Devonte Adams is out. He should get more work. Uh, it's not his fault Aaron Jones was such a beast last week. He's at least a decent option. So Ivan's my tight end nine this week against Detroit. Michael, let's get the Thrive 5 going live. Just a reminder, Thrive.com or the Thrive Fantasy app. If you put in the promo code B-R-O-T-O-BROTO, you get $10 free on your per- first deposit of $10 or more. Right now, we're going to give you our fi- five of the plays that stuck out to us. Maybe not our favorite plays, but plays that stick stick out to us as plays that we're going to want to bet this Sunday. Um, I must say, me, Jason, and Michael, all... Um, well, not Michael. Michael's not allowed to because he works for FFPC. But me and Jason, we... Have done well on Thursday night games, and I hope to continue doing well yeah. this week. My bankroll is higher than it was when higher we got in there, higher. so I'm all about that. Firstly, uh, Michael, first start. First, firstly, George Kittle five and a half receptions under ninety points over one hundred ten. I'll take the over on that then. I think it's very solid odds there for the over. So, I agree. Um, against the Rams. Against the Rams. Over. Michael Thomas against Jacksonville, eighty and a half receiving yards, even over and under. I'm going to go over, too. Over? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too, against... Because uh, Jalen Ramsey's, Ramsey's He's going to be banged up even if he is there. Yeah. Unless the banged up is just a lie. Yeah. DJ Chark. I think this is kind of easy money here, bro. Four and a half receptions. Unders 115 over 85. I think DJ Chark easily reaches five receptions. You think so? Actually, it might be better to go under here and get the 115 points. I, I just talked myself out of it. I mean, he's he's going up against a very, very good matchup. I mean, a very bad matchup, excuse me. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. Actually, I think I'd go the under and try yeah. to get the 115. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore's playing yeah. really well. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll take it. Another uh, interesting one, Stefan Diggs against Philly. Do you take the dive or not? The dive? Over or under, half or touchdown? No. Under 70, over 130. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One more time. Does he score a touchdown? No. Yes, 130, under 70. Oh. Like, I feel like the under is so low that there's no point in taking it, but the over is so appetizing. I'm not taking that. No? No. I'm, right. just, I'm just not betting that at all. Yeah, I think I, that's a skip for me, too. Why, Against, are you, why are you giving us skips over here? I want, we need Jason back. Because it was interesting. Where's our special guest? All right, I'll give two more then. We'll skip that one. <laughs> Derek Henry, half mm. a touchdown, rushing and receiving, under 110, over 90. Um, oh, under 110. Yeah, over 90. I still go over. I, I think, think he was. I think he scores a touchdown against Tennessee as well. Against Tennessee, yeah, that would be an over. Interesting, that would be interesting if he scores a touchdown against Tennessee. Considering that he plays for Tennessee. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> against Denver, <laughs> against the Denver team, Melvin Gordon here. I'd go under. I don't know why I said that. I should have said it first. I suck at this. Jason has to come back. <laughs> Eighty-two and a half total yards oh, rushing and receiving. Under. Are over there. 95, under 105. Oh, that's one of my favorite bets of the week. Right? Everyone going the on the two. Everyone All right, we'll end, it, we'll end it there then. Yes, there you go. I like that one. There you go. All right, Mike, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Don't forget to hit up BrotoFantasy.com for everything Broto, at BrotoFantasy on Twitter and Instagram for all that goodness. Um, Yeah, Thrive Fantasy. True that. 
BrotoFantasy.com, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy if you want all the extra perks, including our community on Discord, if you want our uh, the extra episode for the waiver rankings and all that other good stuff, some DM abilities and all that good stuff. It goes right? down in the DMs. It goes down in the DMs. Um, with that being said, we are your host, Mike and Tim Petra, and we will see you next time. I'll see you at another time. We wish you all good luck and wins. And good fortune. Unless you're playing us. Good fortune. Peace out. Later.